0: Welcome to Songs of Inspiration, a monthly podcast that brings you interviews and performances by local singer-songwriters with the goal to give space to the music community and share local artists' messages and stories with the world. I'm your host, Lars Wicklund. Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of Songs of Inspiration. Today's artist is local singer-songwriter Rachel Sumner. Originally a classical flutist from the dusty Mojave Desert, Rachel relocated from California to Boston about a decade ago. Intending to study composition and film scoring at Berklee College of Music, she found herself in the orbit of roots musicians like Molly Tuttle, Bronwyn Keith Hines, and John Melander who introduced her to a trove of traditional music, started her off with a few chords on the guitar, and encouraged her to write her own songs. Since then, she's become one of the most vital voices in Boston's thriving Roots music scene. She spent her early career on the bluegrass circuit, singing and writing with genre-bending Boston group Twisted Pine. After setting out on her own, her songs have become critically acclaimed, winning the John Lennon songwriting competition for her song Radium Girls. She's also earned herself a spot at the Kerrville New Folk competition, and has been chosen for two consecutive years by WBUR as one of the top Massachusetts its entries in the tiny desk competition this summer you can find rachel playing all over the northeast with her band rachel sumner and the traveling light i'm really excited to have rachel on the show today so without further ado let's dive into the interview hey everyone i'm here in the studio today with rachel sumner welcome rachel thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast today
1: howdy thanks for having me
0: awesome um I shared some context about your career so far in the intro, uh, but it's always good to start at the beginning, so can you start off by just telling us a little bit about how you got started with music?
1: Sure. Well, um, a long time ago uh, in the Mojave Desert, I was a wee little kid who wanted to play the trumpet uh, in third grade, but my mom said it was too loud, so I picked the flute and for most of my life I was a flute player uh and didn't even touch a guitar which is now my main instrument until I went to to college until I came to Berkeley um out here in Boston and uh yeah, but um, I we listened to music constantly in the car, um, at home, uh, you know, we had one of those shower radios, like, it was just music all the time, so my mom definitely instilled a, a deep love of all kinds of music, um, but I, I actually grew up in the orchestra circuit and the, the marching band circuit. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. Very cool.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. And do you still play flute a little bit at all?
1: I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I've been having a lot of fun uh, recording woodwind arrangements for other people's uh, CDs. And also I've been uh, doing that for some of my own album, album recordings. And during lockdown, it was really fun to make some cover videos where I utilized uh, my flute skills um, and made some lush arrangements of, of some of my favorites.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Um who are some artists that influenced you your songwriting early on?
1: So, I probably grew up with a really unhealthy diet of '90s country music, um, but. My deadhead uncle gave my mom two albums that kind of changed the trajectory of my life. Um, one was an Allison Krauss record, and the other was uh Nickel Creek record, the first. Um, oh, cool. Actually, the first two Nickel Creek records. And uh, I fell in love with all of those albums, but especially the Nickel Creek stuff. And um, uh, yeah, I just had never heard music like that before and songwriting like that before and um, it really appealed to my uh, teenage teenage Rachel really loved kind of how emo it was Um, it was great to sulk to and um, and just just great arranging and it's still so important to me I look back at it now um and that definitely got me going in, in the direction that I I ended up in once I followed Chris Thiele's um trajectory as a musician I was introduced to his project with Michael Daves um where they did bluegrass songs and that opened me up to um the wide world of bluegrass, like finding Bill Monroe, and Hazel Dickens and Alice Gerard, and uh, and so it was really like a domino effect. But I think it definitely started with um, the Nickel Creek and Alison Krauss records. Very cool. Yeah,
0: awesome. Did you have any uh, mentors uh, as you got started with like songwriting and like folk music that uh, influenced you?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it was during my time at Berkeley. I was studying composition and flute, and um, I was hanging out with a lot of folks who were in my grade, who were in my class, Um, Molly Tuttle, John Mylander, um, Maddie Whitler, they were all there, and uh, they were all kind of teaching me, especially Maddie, um, guitar, uh, just like, here's how... Here are two chords. Here's G and here's D. And I would just spend hours like practicing going from one chord to the other. And then they would practice soloing on top of it. And so it was like a very, um, it, it, it was a good relationship for all of us because they could practice that. And I practice my rhythm. Um, and uh, we had a teacher, Dave Hollander, at Berkeley who definitely became a mentor in the bluegrass world. For us. Um and that's where I met my bandmates, soon to be bandmates, uh Twisted Pine um, Very cool. within the school. So
0: nice. That's awesome. What would you say the biggest challenge in pursuing music as a full time career was for you?
1: Definitely coming out of the pandemic, it's been pretty tough. Venues that I once knew are no more Yeah. It's hard getting people out to shows, like understandably. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, it can feel a little disheartening, you know, because it's taken... Everybody's operating on their own timeline, which is, you know, totally 100% valid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's tough because all these musicians were, like, gung-ho to get on the road and get back to, to playing music for people. And, and it's been, like, waves of, of audiences coming back, um, which sometimes... Uh, is it doesn't work out for your shows you know (laughs) um so i would say probably that has been one of the biggest challenges uh, and that's obviously connected to money and being able to pay a band and um and then finding funds for recording um it's it feels like you're constantly trying to to figure out ways to do a, a balancing act
0: yeah um
1: yeah but it's something that i love so much um Actually, I was just at a retreat with this really great songwriter, Carsey Blanton, and she had us do an exercise um, where we had two pages in our notebook and one page we wrote a heart at the top and Mm -hmm. the other page we wrote a dollar sign at the top. And she said, "Okay, we're going to take four minutes and we're going to write down all of the things on the side with the heart, all of the things that you do for love of music And so that was like um, writing songs, recording songs, you know, everything that that you do for your heart. And then under the money side, okay, now write the things that you do for money, which is like – plain shows like plain shows can be on both sides but mm-hmm. you're supposed to like find the certain aspects so it could just be like stressing about ticket sales or um, advertising or things like that but it was really interesting to have two completely separate sides and to just remember that like yes you're you're not a business you know you're you're doing this t- to put your music out there but that's not the heart stuff and yeah to keep the heart stuff in in mind always
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah the passion for it is always the most important thing I think yeah the other stuff will come
1: definitely yeah
0: very cool do you have any uh creative routines that you use to keep the inspiration flowing
1: yeah um this is an interesting question I was asked this at the writing retreat as well and I, I think the thing that i kind of came to was and this is a little dark but like i used to drink a lot and i very much had my writing process connected to drinking so after a shift i would go to the bar and like write uh you know i'd have my my journal out and i'd drink a couple beers and i'd write and and that was like my routine Mm -hmm. and i have been now four and a half years without alcohol, which is oh, wow. really great. Um, it was really hard divorcing my creative process from that. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. And I realized that I never put something else in there as a ritual um, for my writing process. So I guess I am without ritual currently looking for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, for for the most part... Um, like it's it doesn't sound fabulous, but editing is a really important part to my writing process and uh, it often takes me a long time to figure out what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so time is also a key part to that, but I just save everything. Mm-hmm. I put all my little thoughts in my note my, uh, all my little thoughts in my notes app and I have like a ton of voice memos so nice I often go back and quilt things together later
0: that's cool yeah I know a lot of people I've talked to have talked about just kind of getting ideas down and then coming back to them to kind of edit and uh, bring them to life and focus the idea of the song a little more and stuff and then over time you kind of dial it in yeah and
1: I mean I will save every version of a line. So even if I change one word in that line, I will just move that down the document, but I'll yeah. keep it there because it I you never know when you'll you'll need something with that different shade. I believe every word has a different shade to yeah. it. And so I I think it's important to keep them all. Definitely.
0: Cool. Uh you've won some awards for your songwriting. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um well, probably the, the biggest one was the John Lennon, the Lennon Award for the John Lennon Songwriting Competition, which was wild. Um, I had forgotten that I entered it. I think that's the, the mindset you kind of have to have, like... I just have a spreadsheet where I have all of the competitions that I want to enter in. And then, you know, I enter it and then I, you know, check it off the list. And then I forgot about it. And it wasn't until a friend texted me and said, Oh my God, you won the grand prize for this session uh, for my song radium girls. And I was like, what? (laughs) Um, And it was, it was wild and and life changing really. Um, But I, I was so, Thrilled that the folks at the the John Lennon Songwriting Competition chose to recognize a song like Radium Girls. It's not one that is poppy or catchy or um, really like mainstream at all. Uh, but I I felt like there was a message that I wanted the world to hear, and that just helped um, get it out a little bit more and. and thanks to that a lot of a lot more people have heard the story of the radium girls which was what i set out to do
0: that's great yeah i remember we met at that house show uh that sasha um latowski uh booked and uh you played that song and it really stuck out as just a very uh meaningful song and that in that it it told a story and also went and like, research the story a little bit more to find out more about that because I had it's something that I didn't know about personally, and it's a really tragic and crazy part of history,
1: right? Yeah, um, I also didn't know about it until like 2019 until I was actually diving deep into a Joanna Newsom song, and there was a, a word undarked um, at the very end of the stream of consciousness thing in, in a song called Time as a Symptom, and uh. And that just led me down a rabbit hole. And that's where I learned about the Radium Girls. And I was furious that I had never heard about them in, in history classes. Like nobody had ever told me about these women and yeah. how important they were to like the the laws that are in place today that protect workers. So I really wanted to share that story.
0: You have a band you tour with, uh, Rachel Sumner and the Traveling Light. Can you tell us a little bit about... Um how you came together
1: yeah. yeah so uh the my bassist mike siegel uh, we've been friends for a long time and we actually made music with another friend of ours sam moss great songwriter go check his music out um but uh we were sumner and moss and siegel and we did a lot of country type things country songs and then um Mike had just always been very down to play my music, which was like a shock to me because my music is not really the most intuitive to play. There's like certain beats are dropped in random spots and there's a million chords. And so um, Mike was very, uh, very excited always to to play my music. So um, it was just a natural thing to, to play with Mike. And then I knew that I really wanted a fiddler. I had tried different iterations of a band prior to the pandemic and it was really fun those Those were great bands, but um, something just wasn't clicking and and it really felt like i just I knew a certain instrumentation a little bit better than the other instrumentation I was doing like I tried to have drums and cello, but the I really cut my teeth with my old. Bluegrass band, Twisted Pine, and that instrumentation was fiddle, mandolin, me on guitar, and bass. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of return to an instrumentation similar to that um, because I could think through it a little bit better. So I went on Instagram, and luckily everybody was posting, like, practice videos (laughs) um, (laughs) because it was still, like – lockdown essentially yeah. uh and i had a gig at club passim and i knew i wanted to put something together and i remembered that oh yeah there's this girl i've been seeing her post videos her name's cat wallace and she seems pretty cool let me go check out her videos a little bit more in depth and there she was shredding celtic music then the next video she was shredding old time music and then bluegrass and then classical and i was like okay she can do everything like this feels like a good fit And I just I sent her a message. I slid into her DMs and she immediately was like, yes, I'll do it. And so, yeah, yeah. And then we had a few other friends come in and play some other um, instruments. Alex Formento on pedal steel for the record and our friend Ira Klein, um, great guitarist. Uh, He he did a lot of the lead um, well, he did all the lead parts, uh, nice. and, and it just was really, really wonderful. But we tour around as a trio these days, uh, and it's been just so much fun being on the road with those guys.
0: That's awesome. Very cool. You have a lot of great music. Is there one song in particular that you would say holds uh, special meaning for you, and can you tell us a little bit about the story behind that song?
1: Yeah. I think the one that comes to mind immediately is a song of mine called The Arms of Your Mother, and... I wrote that I was in a songwriting course with Liv Green, um, also a great songwriter. Go check her out, out her music. Um, and she gave us the assignment uh, to write a song with the word cradle in it. And immediately this was uh, like January of 2021. So there was nowhere to go. I hadn't been to California where my family is in like two years at that point. And uh, I'm very close to my mom. We have a very close relationship. Um, And unfortunately, she's been uh, like suffering um, a disability. She's had spinal surgery. She's had hip replaced and and a lot of different things. She lives in constant pain. And so I just was feeling very much, you know, I was very, very much missing her, um, Mm -hmm. wanting to be there with her and unable to and I was just thinking about how she used to hold me in her arms and read me this book uh in my childhood that was called love you forever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um which is a, pic- a picture book uh that is honestly so sad
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: it follow- for those who don't know it follows the the life of a mother and a son um, from the son's birth until the mother's death and she like holds him and she sings this song i'll love you forever i'll like you for always as long as i'm living my baby you'll be and mm-hmm. um and then at the end it turns around and he's holding her on her deathbed and he sings that to her so this she read that to me every night it definitely explains a lot mm-hmm. for me. about <laughs> <The, Yeah. laughs> Like dark existentialness uh <laughs> that creeps into my songwriting sometimes. But um so I was thinking about that and I w- had this word and so all of a sudden this song started to pour out. I had also just become an aunt again. Um my husband's uh sister had just had a baby and um So all of this was on my mind and I wrote this song uh, loosely based on that book where it follows the the life of, uh, or it it traces the life of a a mother and a daughter. Um, And uh, in a similar fashion, there's like a refrain that the mother sings to the daughter and then at the end, the daughter sings to the mother. So, um, you know, my mom is still with us, thankfully, but... uh, It just, I don't know, it just all came out very, very easily at the time. And um, it makes her cry. So it makes me cry too sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a (laughs) really beautiful story behind that song. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Do you have any upcoming shows or tours planned for the summer?
1: Yes, actually. I've got um, a duo show where – me and my fiddler, Cat Wallace, we will be opening for the Ladles at Club Passim on June 29th, and then the the full band will be back in action uh, July 13th at the Lizard Lounge. So very cool. Um, both good opportunities, and then we're we're planning on heading south uh, for the fall. Um so that'll be really fun.
0: Nice. And I saw you teach some songwriting classes at Club Passim. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Oh yeah. Um well I had been, I started teaching at Passim twenty sixteen and uh and then I in during the pandemic I took over as the manager for the, the school of music and so I haven't really taught um much. I've been more on the logistics side of organizing classes with other teachers. Um but I just felt moved to do an Aeneas Mitchell-themed class uh, this last semester. So, yeah, I've been teaching songwriting through the lens of Aeneas Mitchell, who is one of my heroes, just a brilliant songwriter. Um, and uh, it, it's been really fun getting completely nerdy with their songs. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's a cool way to explore songwriting through, uh, through someone else's kind of perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, and she's got a varied portfolio. Yeah, um, you know, I and honestly, she's one of the the people that I'm most inspired by these days. Just uh, seeing how her career has has laid out with, you know, she's followed her muse. She made a, a musical. She's done the like child ballad project, and she's written her own amazing songs and all during that. And so I just oh, and not to forget bonnie light horseman yeah you know it's she's she's doing it all and i love it
0: that's awesome cool what's uh one piece of advice you'd give to songwriters that are just starting out
1: hmm well my business brain wants to advise um make videos of your playing probably prioritize videos over making a like an album, um, that's what I would say, because videos can help you get gigs. Uh, definitely make an album. I'm not saying don't. But um, if you have to choose one or the other, pick the videos first, uh, because these days that, that'll that get you further. Um, creatively, I just want to say, dig into the songs that you find yourself gravitating toward the most. Learn how to play them, sing them, um, it's so important to internalize the music that you love and to learn why you love the music that you love um, in order for you to make songs the way that you want to. Um, it just it really helps the process, and uh, I think it's a, an important exercise.
0: Very cool. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and share some cool stories and insights. Uh, I'm really pumped to hear you play some music. So uh, let's jump into the performance.
1: Thank you, Lars. First song I'm going to play for you is um, the title track from my first EP that I ever put out. Um, This is based on a Jack Gilbert poem that I read uh, and just sobbed after reading Um, and, uh, the song quickly came out, I think took me an hour and a half, which is very rare for my writing. Um, but this song is called anything worth doing.
2: turn day, holding the covers up till the moment they all were pulled away like catching the last rays of a sunset on a cool summer's night knowing the stars i
1: song I'm gonna do for you um is the song that we had talked about a little bit before um this is radium girls curie eleison uh it was the song that won the john lennon competition uh and it's all about a true story of um the radium girls who were a group of women in the early 1900s uh they worked in factories along mostly the east coast and they worked with a substance called undark that had uh, radium in it, and back then it was not widely known that radium was poisonous. In fact, a lot of people thought that it was good for you. Um, and so, the factories instructed women to lip dip paint. So, they were putting their paintbrushes in their mouths. And as you can imagine, a lot of women got very sick and a lot of women died from this. Um, and turns out the factories knew that radium was dangerous, though. And a group of brave women took those factories to court. And uh, after a long battle, they finally won. And uh, many of the the laws that are in place today that protect workers um, are there because of the Radium Girls case. Uh, And so here it is Radium Girls Curie Eleison.
2: In the days when Rosie beckoned girls to join assembly lines A mixture simply named on dark made wristwatch faces shine And women with star-spangled hearts sat faithfully in rows Bent to help the boys entrench stave off those dark shadows Day by day they all were tasked to paint 200 dials With brushes made of camel hair and radium dust and vials The numbers on the clocks were painted dainty, slim and slight So the girls were taught to use their lips to point the bristles tight The taste was a little foul, but no one really seemed to mind Was more than three times what a girl back then could find Radium was championed, a newfound fount of youth And the few who knew the dangers Kept the public from the truth For a time each painter prospered Though the work they did was tough And were delighted when they clock out Covered in the magic stuff they decorate their drabest dresses, paint skin so that it sparkle No earthly sight quite like a glowing angel in the darkness Curialism Curie. Even lights that shine the brightest will eventually dim But you never expected just as someone's life begins. As each timepiece passed through nimble fingers painters dreamed and planned, though they had in fact so very little time left on their hands. Soon these young girls ached as if they'd aged for 80 years, and radiating pain turned in no remedy could keep those bodies from unraveling so aching turned to limping and sore mouths began to bleed then jaws began to break and smiles gave way to crumbling teeth families became buried beneath doctor bills and loans and grief like radium began to settle in their bones To have so many sick at once seemed no coincidence But the company confronted had maintained its innocence Yet they'd secretly received results that told a different story. And they knew, despite their lies, that they were liable for the suffering. Those who had enlisted ladies to leave luminescent marks were now working overtime to keep them in the dark. Not a single protocol was changed at all, though there was danger. Failing fast were easily exchanged for Healthy younger women, unsuspecting and naive Who craved to carve their own piece of the great American dream Nothing pierced those stone hearts fortified by corporate greed Even when the women's own hearts one by one had ceased to beat get realism get Or that when the court case first came round, the crime was answered for. These women walked among the living, having one foot in the grave. Still they used what fight that they had left so others could be saved. To this day, no one can say how many lives were lost had they been sooner taken. At the cost you may claim women have been long since elevated in this world, but how can that be? Our ashes still speak louder than our words.
1: Okay, and now I'll leave you with the song that we, we chatted about. Um it's called The Arms of Your Mother. This is the last track on the album uh, that we put out last year called Rachel Sumner and Traveling Light Thank you again for having me The day you
2: were born Seemed like any other No herald and horns Just a ring from my brother so I grabbed my keys, burnt my legs on the seat And drove the two hours just to meet you. I gave our last name at the visitor's desk They pointed the way, pinned a tag on my chest I wandered the ward till I found the right And through it I heard your mama singing while your mama would hold you we'd switch to a whisper for you dear little drifter and softly your mama'd start singing my arms may grow weary but i'll never tire of craving car pulled in
1: Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you, Lars, for having me. Uh, You can find my music uh, and also tour dates and all all that at rachelsumnermusic.com. Thank you.
0: Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to a local organization that's doing some amazing work for local musicians. World's End Sessions is a grassroots organization run by my friend Sasha Latovsky. They work with local and touring artists to host pop-up shows all over the city. And their organization promotes inclusivity and accessibility by providing a sliding scale ticketing system for all of their events. Check out their website at www.worldzendsessions.com or follow them on Instagram to hear more about their events this summer at World Zen Sessions. Thanks for listening to Songs of Inspiration. Until next time, keep supporting live music, stay safe, and be well. This podcast is produced by True to the Vision Music. For more information, check out larswickland.net.